Star Wars 7x7 episode 1931 today, getting back to the Hyperspacing Hope series, and today we are taking a look at the nature of hope as it is explored and expressed in The Force Awakens. Punch it! Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. The thing of The Force Awakens is, is that it's still kind of difficult for me to look at this movie without noticing the meta of the movie, right? We've talked here on the show, and I'm not the only one who has talked about how similar The Force Awakens is in terms of the story beats to A New Hope. But... One of the things that jumped out at me as I was re-watching The Force Awakens for the purposes of this hope discussion was that it's actually doing a lot more than just A New Hope. It's actually doing pretty much the entire work of the prequel trilogy as well as A New Hope. And yes, there is a lot of backstory that has been shared, not a complete backstory, but certainly enough to let us know in animation and comics and books that there's been bad things going on in the Republic for a number of years that some senators are secretly allied with the First Order and are either sympathizing with them or actively enabling them or otherwise making it so that the New Republic can't respond to the threat that is growing and the Resistance has splintered off and is doing what it can in its small and semi-secretive way to fight against the First Order. But for the purposes of the movie, we don't know any of that and we really didn't know any of that coming into the movie as we saw it when it was released in theaters back in December of 2015. What we know is that we see a galaxy at peace, that there is this other element called the First Order that is making trouble and looking to find Luke Skywalker and kill him and suddenly the First Order is a lot stronger than anybody necessarily knew because they've got Starkiller base and they're able to destroy the New Republic and pretty much the entirety of the New Republic fleet. So what that has to do with the expressions of hope is that people who have not been in the fight for very long their hope is really more personally centered versus people who have been in the fight for longer. Their hopes are definitely more other centered and focused on the broader galactic picture. For example, you have Rey, who is a newcomer to the fight in this movie, and her expression of hope is one of complete innocent idealism, right? The way that she expresses hope has to do with the return of her family. She tells BB-8 not to give up hope that whoever he's waiting for is going to come back. She says, I know all about waiting. And when BB-8 asks, you know, what she knows about it, she says, yeah, I'm waiting for my family. They'll be back someday. And she is you know, visibly calm and peaceful and happy in that belief. Like, she is so absolutely certain and shows, you know, no anger, no resentment, no nothing about the fact that, you know, it may have been the better part of a decade, a decade and a half since she last saw them. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have Finn, who has no hope whatsoever. In fact, it's more hopeless than hopeful. He's been in the First Order for quite a while, and so on the one hand, that doesn't necessarily describe him as being new to the fight, except for the fact that as he describes it in the movie, 
the encounter on Jakku where he was ordered along with other stormtroopers to kill all those villagers where Lorsan Tekka was hanging out, that was his first actual engagement. And it's not really the case because in the Before the Awakening collection of novellas, he had previous engagements and this was basically his you know, last attempt at getting it right before Phasma put him in for reconditioning, which obviously she did in the movie. He didn't follow through with it. But be that as it may, the way that he talks about it in The Force Awakens is that this is the first time that he was asked to actually kill on their behalf and that he just couldn't do it. And he knows what the First Order is, he knows what they're capable of, he worked on Starkiller Base. He's saying that the only solution is to run, that there is no standing up to them whatsoever. So he is not hopeful at all. In fact, he is essentially reframed in order to have something resembling hope, because if he was utterly hopeless, then he would just you know, lay down his arms and let himself die right then and there, anytime it was an option for him to do so. No, instead he's actually reframed and tried to go to the Outer Rim with the Crimson Corsair when he meets up with them on Takadana as pushed that direction by Maz. Now, those two are as opposed to people who have been in the fight for a long time. You know, long times varying. For example, Podameron, who on two separate occasions, talks about there being a chance at something going their way. For example, when he gets the piece of the map from Loris Anteca, that's, well, now we have a chance to find Luke Skywalker. We have a chance that we didn't have before. Later on, when they're at Starkiller Base and trying to destroy that thermal oscillator, Poe tells everybody that while there's still light in the sky, they have a chance to be able to destroy this thing and ultimately destroy Starkiller Base. And yes, granted, those goals are personal in nature to some degree, it's about their survival, but Poe is not just thinking about his own personal survival, he's actually considering the survival of his comrades in the Resistance and of the Resistance itself, and of peace and justice and stability in the galaxy too. And then you also have Han Solo, who, when they're talking about the potential raid on Starkiller Base and finding out, okay, it's big, he says, all right, how do we blow this thing up? There's always a way to blow this thing up. And that's one of the moments where they actually acknowledge the meta level of this story, right? I mean, it's what we're all thinking. There's got to be a way to blow this thing up. And that's what the story is going to entail. And so Han just says what we're all thinking. All right, so how do we blow it up? There's always a way to blow it up. But Han is an interesting study in this movie because on the one hand, the action-oriented stuff, the daring do, he is entirely hopeful in that regard. I mean, going to light speed from inside a freighter, which, you know, he says, <laughs> you know, I never ask whether it's possible until I've actually done it. That's a guy who just believes, who is hopeful in the face of overwhelming odds no matter what. However, when it comes to his son, Ben Solo, well, yeah, it hasn't worked out that way. And he and Leia are a study in contrast in that regard too, because Leia makes it very clear that she still has hope for the salvation of Kylo Ren, aka Ben Solo. She believes in the possibility of his redemption. And she tells Han as much. She says, there is still good in him. I know it. And Han can't believe it or doesn't believe that it's going to be possible to actually touch that goodness in him. And, you know, Leia says, if you see our son, please bring him back. So Han's actions in The Force Awakens, when he goes out on that bridge to meet his son, 
I don't see hope in that action. I see a man who is doing what the right thing to do is. And there's nothing wrong with that per se, it's just a different way of operating. It's not operating with hope. In fact, it's kind of a trans hope situation. Like it goes beyond hope or hopelessness or anything like that. He just knows that the right thing to do is to face Ben Kylo in that moment, come what may. And there's another expression of hope that is similar to that, but as opposed to being a personal one, it's a much more global one, and I will share that one with you after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com SW7X7. Welcome back. So that other expression of hope that essentially goes beyond hope, it's trans hope, it transcends hopefulness and hopelessness entirely, is given to us by Maz Kanata when she talks about the conflict against the dark side and that she's seen it across the years, that it was the Sith and then it was the Empire and now it's the First Order and their duty is to face it and to fight it. And as expressed, it doesn't matter whether you're hopeful in the fight or hopeless within the fight. That's why I say it goes beyond hope. It's trans hope, if you will. It just matters that you fight it when you see it. And again, this is a much broader galactic perspective on things compared to the very personal way that Han faces that situation when he meets Ben Solo on that bridge on Starkiller Base. But there is a way to read hope into Maz Kanata's statement as well. And that is the fact that Maz has been alive long enough to see the Sith and then the Galactic Empire and then the First Order, which means that she's seen bad times and she's seen good times. And incidentally, that means I guess she has to be more than a thousand years old because that's how long ago it was that the Sith were in charge. So that is kind of crazy. But yeah, leaving that aside for the moment, she's ultimately saying that galactically speaking, there have been cycles where the dark side has been ascendant and times when the light side has been ascendant. And so even though the dark side is rising now in The Force Awakens, it's certainly just a phase, basically, ultimately. And whether it's sooner or later, everybody's going to fight back and ultimately overthrow the dark side and restore balance to the galactic situation. I'm not necessarily saying the Force, although that's certainly a part of it, but getting things back to the good guys and in control of people who are on the light side of the house, well, that's going to happen just based on the cyclical nature of things. And you kind of need that perspective because at the very beginning of the movie, when we see Jakku and we see the ships launching from the Star Destroyer, and they cut to the inside of it, and we see stormtroopers in there again. There really is that moment where you have a reaction, or you could have a reaction, <laughs> as I did, to think, oh no, here we go again. Like, oh my gosh, you know, we went through all the stuff that we went through in the original trilogy to restore 
peace and justice to the galaxy, and it's just descending into this Stormtrooper nonsense again. So you definitely need the comparative palliative of Maz Kanata saying, hey, this is just a cycle, and you know, we'll fight it, and whether it's us or future generations, it will be overthrown and things will revert to peace and justice at some point in the future. And there you go, that's going to do it for my look at the nature of hope and how it's expressed in The Force Awakens, and that's going to do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.